You're listening to DraftKings Network. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. It's the Cooligans, stupid. I hope everyone is enjoying their Labor Day. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, I've uh, this isn't the, the 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 way I wanted to celebrate Labor Day. But Christian, when you were planning out your Labor Day, <laughs> as I do, as I do, yeah, how months in advance. How, how close would you say <laughs> this Labor Day is to your plan? Okay, it's uh, it's you know what the trajectory is just a little bit off. I really didn't nail it the way I usually have year in and year out. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You're uh, not. Just just don't get into sports gambling, buddy. <laughs> uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Cooligans. My name is Christian Polanco. I'm Alexis Guerreros. Okay, today's a special uh, episode. It is uh, we're, we're we're taping this on Labor Day. This intro. Uh, but this is a special interview uh, that we did a couple weeks ago at MLS All Star with a fun. With, with a man. If you do not know him uh, yet, uh, you will now. Lutz Fanensteel, uh, sporting director for St. Louis City SC. The guy has one of the most fascinating careers uh, you will ever uh, hear about, uh, and we talked to him. But before we get to that interview, I do want to say uh, a couple things. Just to simply uh, thank you to a, a lot of folks um, uh, who reached out um yes my my father did pass away uh a little under two weeks ago uh and it's been it was a shock it was very sudden um we'll we'll talk about it more in in a little bit uh, more detail because you know i don't know some people want to know just how i'm doing um and and we'll talk about that more tomorrow on uh, on the live episode that that we record on youtube and but yeah, I just want to say thank you to uh, all the folks who reached out. I mean, fans of the show, uh, other people in in just you in know the soccer the, world, soccer media, yeah. uh, players. You know, a, a lot of a lot of players uh, reached out to me, and that w- that was super kind. It's it's one of those things where you don't even realize who who knows you exist and who cares and 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 the fact that uh so many people took the time out to send a kind message um everyone from Meadowlark as well uh just yeah the kindness was uh was incredible from from sending flowers to sending messages uh you know i just you know it, it, i'm very very grateful my family's very grateful uh and yeah it's it, you know whatever man it's just it's <laughs> Crazy. It's just crazy. <laughs> and it's been a, a wildly difficult and emotional um, two weeks. And we, we, you know, we now we figure out how to move forward. That's that's pretty much all, all, all I can really say. But uh, but yeah, I just wanted to make sure I, I got that out there uh, before uh, today's episode, because a, a couple of people were curious. Yeah, and I do want to say, though, from my part, just watching the outpouring of support. Uh, you know, Christian has gotten I mean, at the end of the day, I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit uh, when we were on stage at, in Minnesota, uh, when we started 
Cooligans, we thought, wow, this will be something we'll enjoy, you know, and you would hope that you surround yourself with audience members or fans or supporters, whatever you want to call them, uh, that, you know, are like-minded or, you know, caring individuals, people that just are here to have fun and have a good time, but also care about the sport and care about the people around it. And to see that community come together, the the messages that I received um, asking how you were, the messages that I received from, you know, Metal Arc employees, uh, our coworkers, obviously, people from around the soccer world, people that we haven't spoken to in years. Uh, pay, you know, our Patreon is just absolutely incredible. Gully Squad is a wonderful group. You know, they jump to support so many causes in this in this world and and always try to make a positive change. And then seeing how they reacted uh, to one of us going through something so difficult has been, for me, just kind of a bit inspiring. It just goes to show that it's got nothing to do with me and you. It's just that we found a group of people that are great, um, and we've surrounded ourselves with a group of people that were great. And of all the people that reached out, try to figure out how to support you and and, and try to figure out how to, how to be emotionally there for you or just show a little bit of love during a very, very difficult time for you, um, and just messaging me to make sure that you're good because, you know, you weren't very vocal on social media for some reason. I don't know why. You really took a break. Uh, no, <laughs> like for obvious reasons. No, no. I want to do some Real Housewives recaps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, really, I haven't <laughs> seen you dance on TikTok in a few days. I don't know what's stopping you. No, but honestly, like, you know, you obviously disappear from social media as one does when something uh, really difficult is happening. You know, you sort of uh, focus on time with your family and whatnot. And, you know, people were reaching out to me to make sure you were good and if there was other ways to support. And honestly, it was people that I didn't even realize we had impacted in a way or made a relationship with enough where they would reach out in a time like this. And it just right. goes to show that a couple of things I just want to say. One, thank you to the fans. Thank you to all of our friends. Thank you to everyone on the Patreon and uh, Gully Squad. You guys are absolutely just, we don't, I, it, it sucks to say this, but it feels like we don't deserve having people like you around us. Uh, and shouts to all the players and all, all the social, you know, all the sports media people and, that reached and, out. And, uh, comedians as well. Yeah. The comedy I was, world. Uh, I was also. about to say. Comedy people are just, we're always, you know what I mean? We're always there for each other when things bad happen, when bad things happen. But to see it from the outside perspective was absolutely cool. And I also just want to give a thank you to, uh, you know, every, anyone who might have reached out and wanted to support and want to help in any way, shape, or form. You guys are absolutely incredible. And, you know, I would tell you that Christian appreciated it, but he already did. So, yeah, uh, yeah. so you know, I it was mean, a yes, difficult time for him and his family. Yeah. So I'm glad you guys uh, were there for him. Yeah. So uh, thank you again, everybody. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, this is uh, like I said, we'll, we will move forward and power and power through. Um, and this is a comedy show and, and we will laugh again. Uh, so <laughs> there uh, so a lot to look forward to, uh, I, I promise, especially, uh, you know, even in these difficult times, uh, there's a lot of really fun stuff coming uh, in the real soon uh, for, for the cool again. So you'll be excited to uh, you know get to see all of that. But let's get to uh, our interview uh, with Lutz Fan and Steel. Uh, I mean, one of my favorite names to say out loud. It's great. Um, he is. Uh, it, uh, there's no way you're going to uh, finish this interview and be like, man, I, I really didn't like that Lutz Fan and Steel. It's impossible. The dude- <laughs> there's, no, there's no boring in this man's life. It's absolutely great. And by the way, the stuff he told us off microphone. <laughs> Is wild. <laughs> this guy, this guy needs a film made about him. Because you wouldn't he- believe it. <laughs> it's like what There's is that? Catch me if you can. Type shit. Right? Like, yeah. You ain't There's- gonna believe it. 
there's literally stuff that we might have to just leave for the Patreon because I think it will cause it like an international incident if we just said it publicly. <laughs> Bro, he would be arrested by Interpol for questioning if we released Bro. the things he's told us. For real. I did the soccer and fo- football has brought this man all over the world in, in ways you would never even imagine. So we talk a, a lot about it. Uh, you know that yeah, we- part in Forrest Gump where he's like in those pictures with like the president Right, right. <laughs> like the Dalai Lama. That's Lutz, bro. Right, right. But these, you know, Lutz is not photoshopped into any of these photos. No. He, he was actually there with the, You remember I showed you that picture once of uh, Putin <laughs> pretending to be like a dad when uh, Ronald Reagan came, went to Russia? I don't remember. He that, was like no. a KGB guy, but he was like, right. He was like pretending to be a dad of a family, oh, welcoming okay, okay, the okay. president as he got off the plane. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. That's Lutz, bro. <laughs> He's like, oh my God, he was there the whole time, dude. <laughs> uh, so uh, fascinating, dude. Uh, yes, we filmed this uh, in, uh, we recorded this in uh, in Minnesota. Shout out to St. Louis uh, City, uh, who obviously they, they will be in MLS in 2023. Um, but, uh, but shout out to them for, you know, setting this up uh, for us. Shout out to MLS for you being like, yo, y'all need to, Lutz, you need to talk to these guys. Yeah. Uh, so that's all really, really kind of them. So that was really uh, cool. So, and it became the so homie he, after this. <laughs> so here it is. Here's our interview with Lutz Fan and Steel of St. Louis City SC. We've said this before. I'll say it again. Legends only, bro. Exactly. It's MLS All-Star Week. All right. Uh, it's a couple hours before the MLS All-Star game. Uh-huh. Uh, so we, you know, the bar has is it, constantly getting risen day to day. Bro, every time we speak to someone, we're just like, I can't believe we get a chance to speak to these people. And actually, this is the second time we speak to this gentleman uh, to my left. Yes. Um, at the time, we met on the Bundesliga trip. But now, the uh, director of football? Here? Okay. No, sporting, sporting, sport, director. sporting director. Actually, I you, call director. It, you call it CSO, Chief Sporting Officer. Officer. Right. I still call myself Sporting Director. And Dusseldorf, when you met me, I was CEO. Which is, in a way, from the field of work, it's just the same. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Just give this guy an acronym. Uh, okay. Well, what's, what's your business card say? Fafenstiel? Fafenstiel. Fafenstiel. I said I was going to butcher it, buddy. I'm I mean, if, I mean where do you find the F? Huh? Where do you find Don't, the doesn't F? Doesn't your name start with like seven consonants? No, there is just one silent F in it. And you should, put four Fs in it. You know what? Usually, whenever we have a guest with a, a, a you know, uh, a possibly difficult uh, to pronounce name, I usually handle it. This but was, I went for this it. This was wildly irresponsible. Yeah. Of, uh, I, and I blame myself for letting him even do it. I mean, yeah. everybody so far who called me officially Pfeffenstiel was in trouble. Really? Okay, yeah. well now, I guess I gotta do laps? I don't know if this works. I'm out of the academy? What happens now? No, this, this is an exciting time because uh, we'll, we'll talk, I want to talk about the uh, where we originally met, but uh, obviously, the sporting director for uh, St. Louis City, the, the new uh, MLS team that's coming into the league, what year? When? 2023. So, uh, so next year. Just around the corner, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's coming close, and uh, We've been doing our show since 2015, so we've seen a lot of these new clubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you were only 12 years old by then. I was, yeah, I know, I was right? I was, I was 72. <laughs> I mean, I was 12, but I was still wearing diapers, Lutz, okay? <laughs> I had a lot of issues. Uh, but no, uh, so we've seen a lot of new clubs uh, come into the league, uh, you know, whether Minnesota United, Atlanta United, uh, uh, Nashville. Uh, uh, so we, we sort of, I don't know if we're veterans now to, you know, we're like, we're, we're we're, when we got uh, when we started focusing on the league, obviously NYCFC had just started, so everybody's like everybody gets annoyed at the new club, right? Because they think they they're big shots and stuff like that. But it's starting to feel like St. Louis 
uh, might arrive as big shots already. The the, in, the interest and energy in in the local Huge. market is it's it's it, it does feel incredibly genuine. So uh, what the, my first question to you is: What made St. Louis the project that you wanted to be a part of? Yeah, you know, let me just circle back there a second. We. We're not the big shots. We don't want to be the big shots. We actually just the opposite. We everybody's club. We want to be a community-driven club. Um, I only sign players so far which are not big-time Charlies. We will stick mm-hmm. that way. So we want to be what we are, which is a Midwestern club where we know where we are from. Well, I'm from Germany, but yeah, right. <laughs> yeah no, your accent says Midwest, <laughs> Midwest Germany. Yeah, Midwest yeah. Germany. And, and but but it's important that that philosophy or that values, you know, stick with us, and that's how we build the club from day one, from scratch. Uh, well, you guys still know me when I was in Düsseldorf. Um, you know, the COVID uh, hit us. I made the decision to 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 leave. Düsseldorf or the Bundesliga I just wanted something else I agreed to go to England into the Premier League and then uh, well still COVID and then there was this first talk with uh, the ownership here in St. Louis and after hearing what the project is about uh, the tradition of football or of soccer here in, in the city you know it's for me the most exciting project I don't like the word project but it, it is the most exciting project in the world because right. starting a, a club from scratch with a very serious genuine ownership which really you know supports everything um, in a city where people just so um, full of uh, life and desire for right. football I mean, it can't be anything better it's like uh, I can put 30 years of professional football experience as a player as a coach as a sporting director whatever yeah, uh, coaching yeah. instructor you know I tried it all yeah. uh, I can put all that and also the experience of six continents into that what was good what was bad what did I like what did I pick up in Hoffenheim or also what did I find out from clubs who did wrong things right. not to repeat that mistakes right. so I got a, a lot of experience on that and now put it all together in St. Louis it's unbelievable fun so far in the first two years. Yeah. What was it though? Because you have a, uh, I think you are the record holder for the playing for the most clubs in the world. Nah, that's the record rumor. I'm the record holder for being the only one playing on all six FIFA continents. Six FIFA continents. Right, right. That's, that's much. Is... That's much cooler, man. Than yeah, 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 yeah. What I did. I mean, look, your Wikipedia is long. <laughs> You've been to a lot of places, but that's actually, I think, part of the reason why it's so intriguing to see you now at this at this point in your career, where you're sort of leading the charge. I remember when we spoke in Dusseldorf, you were credited with either being the one who who discovered uh, Bobby Firmino or or helping uh, discover. Uh, Bobby Firmino, is that correct? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's kind of my discovery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, I'll take your credit. But yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you never, you never do anything. I mean, that's same as how I run my sporting department here. You never do anything by yourself, and you're never responsible for something which was very good or when you did something wrong. Yeah, right. we are a team. Well, see, so yeah, you're different than me because I take full credit for anything that works out, <laughs> and I deflect any responsibility. Yeah, just take it away bad. from him. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Christian really yeah. messed up there with your yeah. saying your name earlier. Yeah. But, see how that works. But, but I uh, so we really discovered him as a really young guy, you know, and and then obviously moving him, seeing that development in Hoffenheim, moving him on to to Liverpool, where 
where he just had a, an unbelievable success. Having said that, last weekend I was in uh, in Munich for ESPN or in Frankfurt doing Bayern against Frankfurt mm-hmm. and Manet playing that first game. So I spoke after the game with an interview with Manet and I spoke with him before the game as well. So we spoke about uh, Roberto and you know I said, you and Salah, you were really lucky because that guy gave you all the space he took a lot of work from you and the two of you scored like crazy <laughs> and knowing Manet being the nicest man in the world yeah. he just was smiling and said like yeah he was brilliant <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and, that, and that's your sh- um, yeah I mean Firmino is still one of the guys obviously which I follow because it was uh, that typical Hoffenheim product I would call bringing in a player pretty cheap yeah. selling him for a lot of money but uh, developing uh, coming from the second division in Brazil becoming a, a full Brazilian international right yeah. it's pretty cool yeah. But so what did you and I know you're talking about wanting to develop this club as like an everyman club do you think because I know St. Louis has a storied history with soccer in the US but it's been a while since the youth have been developed there to the point of getting to professional teams outside of the few that have gone like Tim Ream I believe is from St. Louis he's out yep. uh, in Fulham do you think you're going to be able to find those gems like uh, uh, Bobby Firmino in an area like St. Louis and how and you've been there two years are we starting to put in the, the pieces to help develop the next Bobby Firmino it's a good question and at the same time a very bad question Okay, you, you want to know why well, of course by the way that's <laughs> one of the most German things I've ever heard on the show <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's a good question because, of course, we wanna wanna try to find the next superstar. Yes, but that's not really realistic because the way Roberto is playing is a Brazilian player, right? The way the kids and the talents are in the Midwest coming back to that, it's a little bit of a different kind of basic uh, talent set they have. Right, we don't have the most technical players we also don't have lots of players which um, um, uh, Hispanic background right you know, like you having uh, lots of Mexican talents or lots of players from South and Middle Amer- Central America in, in, in California or Florida we we don't have that so we have mostly 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 kids from from the region there right. where the, the population is differently structured yeah and uh, and that is where the talented or the talents we have right. they are a little bit a little bit different so I say they have more than Midwestern uh, typical um, attributes to be a player and that's again hard working modest really giving you lots of problems be uncomfortable to play against and my goal is to create one pressing monster after the other mm-hmm. our game is based on pressing and counter pressing so do I need the tactic, the technical superstar who can keep up the ball and does everything with it it's nice to have but we need guys who work as a unit and you know there is always I mean you two are Americans so yes. you, you like the word DP designated player <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. huge fans it's yes. a nice yeah. word mm-hmm. I don't believe in that I believe in the, de- in the DT designated team Okay. That's what we're trying to build. Right. I think Miami and Inter Miami try to do that. Uh, have a whole D designated player team. Didn't work out for them. Uh, uh, that. I think that's a great. I think that's actually a great way to put it. You want to create a pressing monster because one of the questions I want to ask you is: You did play. Uh, you played in Vancouver, so you've played in MLS. Oh, you've, yeah. You played in six continents. I heard it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, what is? The American style of playing. We know what the Brazilian style is. We know what the German style is. What the hell is the American style? And is there an American style? There, there is. There is. I think it really, again, it depends. It, you know, America or the United States, it's in Europe compared. It's, it's a continent. It's not a, not a country. Right. So imagine now you guys were in Dusseldorf. One hour to the right, you're going to Holland. Right. 
two hours to the left, you're going to Poland. So it's lots of different countries and lots of different styles. So everybody has, a, I will call it, a bit of a different play mentality. Styles are similar. Here, because of that lots of different cultures living here together. Right. You have in different regions, different ways of playing. Now, if I think back at my playing time, Portland was very direct, a bit English. Minnesota now plays like Adrian a bit more with a British, British idea. Right. You're going to Houston or you're going to Dallas, you have a lot of South American influence where yeah. automatically you have more ball possession. So it really varies in the different places. So you find here literally everything. But the American youth game, which is a model I never heard of in my life. I mean, I did, but I just couldn't see how yeah. it goes, which is the so-called pay-to-play model. Right, 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 right. Is for me one of the most uh, weirdest things I've ever seen because football is the game for everybody. Mm. It needs to be diverse. It needs to be all-inclusive. Everybody okay. needs to be able to play that Let's game. Let's take that thought process forward. It's the game for everybody. And imagine everybody paid. Now <laughs> okay. we're making money. Uh, <laughs> welcome to America. And, okay. and that is, and Capitalism that, 101. Uh, we're making money, buddy. <laughs> and, that's, and that's where I came in. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. why we need you. But so, obviously a lot of academies now are free, which is incredible. And yeah. we're seeing the, the fruits of that labor in developing the next, the next step. And MLS wants to be a selling league. So do you think, being the uh, chief Soccer officer. Say sporting, sporting. Right, sporting director. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how the stocks yeah, for yeah. St. Louis. <laughs> the, the vice president of soccer. Uh, <laughs> does, do you think St. Louis could be the next hub where Europe are going to start plucking talent from St. Louis? Yeah, I think we can be because we have as a, as a, as a, as a clear goal. We want to have um, the best academy system, development system in the States. Ten years ago, I would have said, I'm pretty sure we can do that. Now you see some of the academies doing some great job. I mean, obviously Dallas uh, yeah, you know, produces lots of players. But looking even on the other side to Philadelphia, yeah. uh, I mean, yeah. it's, it, the numbers of homegrown players, the numbers of talents who are coming from their own region is really fantastic. So, so there is lots of good things happening in recent years. And coming back to that, we, we want to be also a difference maker in our region. So we want to, uh, all our football education should be free and not just the academy. Academy, which is the top of the young players. We talk about also going down in the system community, U7 up to under 13. We want to be out there and give kids with not, which don't have the financial possibilities to play that at the higher level, to give them the opportunity to learn to play, but also learn how to love the game and actually be member of a team. You know, we have talent programs, we have community programs, we have, we call it City Fear Future programs. So we have lots of different ways of, of get the community engaged to go into areas where there is not the big finances, but to give kids that opportunity and be as diverse as possible, be as inclusive as possible. That's the big goal. And, um, you know, we're doing it now since a long time. That is one of the things our, our ownership is extremely, extremely proud about and happy about that we do that. So in our case, it's not just all about winning games or developing the next pro. It is a little bit to also, I will call it, create leaders, create good people. Mm, right. And that is that values you really can give to children being out there. Now, you guys will say, like, what's wrong with that guy? He's, he's taking care of the professional team. But, yeah, I take care literally of all the three things, community, academy, and the pro team. 
And what is more important, yes, everybody thinks on the short term it's just about the protein, but no, we really focus on that bringing up good kids, involving them in football, and and and, and you know, and and just uh, trying to. To, to live like as as, as role models and yeah. also signing players for the first team who are role models for their kids. So a lot of responsibilities. Yeah. yeah. But the but, ki- the guys I signed for the pro team, every single one so far, I made a lot of effort that we do get the right characters. Right. That's great. Right. And it's, it's interesting just because, you know, th- there have been uh, a couple either uh, presidents of certain clubs or sporting directors uh, that have come over from Europe. Like the one name that comes to mind is Darren Eels, who just uh, left Atlanta United to go uh, to Newcastle. But when he got to uh, when he got to Atlanta United, he kind of, you know, he was, at, I believe, at Tottenham and, and brought a, a, a different philosophy. And, uh, and the one thing I want to ask about that is is uh, coming from Germany, it, it seems like uh, you, you mentioned FC Dallas. FC Dallas seems to have a you know a, a, a private fl- plane that goes directly to Bayern uh, because they have a really good, uh, at least a good relationship for sending players over there. Um, so what is it about maybe the American style of play or the American player that maybe fits so well in, in Bundesliga or just in Germany overall? Because we, I think we've seen a lot of really good examples of that. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, yeah, you're right. Uh, the American players, they do adapt very quick in Germany. I think it has to do that uh, the football in Germany is very athletic. And American chil- children growing up, kids in their, in their teens, they're really blessed with athleticism which comes through your education with lots of different sports so the multi-sport has also some advantage once you have to make the choice what do I do then I think now you need to make that decision as an American kid pretty early where do I want to succeed as a pro otherwise you're good in everything but you're not great in anything and uh, I think that was my problem (laughs) yeah that was yeah yeah. he was like yeah you were (laughs) He looked at me like you were best at lunch. <laughs> I went pro at lunch. <laughs> okay. um, so, given that um, that that you know, I maybe mean, I don't know, if it's German style of play or German uh, uh, philosophy in in the football culture. When it comes to uh, bringing that to uh, the the game itself or the the team itself, like you're talking about all these uh, responsibilities, responsibilities, because it sounds like. There's a certain level of pride in the fact that you almost get to create this from the ground up. I mean, as a as a, a player and 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 being on in, in you know front offices and and building teams to get to not just build a a, a first team and build literally everything from the ground up. What does that uh, feel like for you personally to be so emotionally invested in a club like this? Yeah, I mean, obviously it, it, it's different. You know, I mean, I had that same experience in Hoffenheim where it also a, a little bit different but you can compare it because the club came from division 7 and went through up directly into right. the into the into the pro level and then we built it from a smaller team in the Bundesliga into a Champions League team who played against Man City and Liverpool right. so that's like uh, where the infrastructure was planned the stadium was planned everything was new so it's a little bit that what 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 I do feel now again but to be fair being here as the first guy in the sports and, and starting everything and having that great communication with the ownership to really, you know, build step by step. And it feels a little bit like my baby, like my child, you know. <laughs> I mean, also the training facility, which 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 was planned by flying over to Europe, a watch two or three training centers, bring some architects, really building that, that from every thought, like for months, how do we really 
make that into the best facility in North America. What can we do different? Not just being high tech, modern, and and and, and special, but also um, putting in certain features which nobody has. So I yeah. decided, you know, let's. I call it the carrot and the donkey, uh, or the carrot and the rabbit, whatever principle. Yeah. That the youth is the changing room of the youngsters coming every year closer to the pro team. And once you're there at the U17, you're looking right into the pro facility, which is just a big glass window, which every day should motivate you. I can be there if I put the right work in. We have the same changing room as Manchester City round changing rooms for All the pro right. team which gives you that special feeling of being a team belonging together the knights of the round table you know mm-hmm. so nice one yeah. Yeah, um, so that that's kind of things we, we put in there so yeah it, it's, it is it is like a, like a child something uh, I wake up thinking about it and uh, you know after putting in 18, 18 solid hours I fall into bed <laughs> and I still think okay I'm already looking forward to wake up and see what can we do the next day Right. So it is. It is very unique. This is not a. This is not a job. This is not work. It's. 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 It's a calling. You just. Uh, you know. You feel like. Um, I need to be there, and I need to put the extra yard in because uh, it's. It's that what people in St. Louis want, and we can make the difference. We can make it special, and. So far, I think so good. Okay. When you look for a coach, do you try to find a coach that has the same philosophy as you? Or already, do you hire a coach? I already hired a coach. Oh. But I'm saying, when you when you were looking for Of course. One. I mean, the thing is, like, uh, again, uh, we simply hired the coach on the way we're going to play. Okay, not, so not you the other way around. their style and all that. Yeah, I mean, Bradley Carnell was literally the chosen one because, number one, I know him from Germany when he played there. Right. Number two, he made his first coaching license where coincidentally I was his instructor mm. and I always kept on following his coaching career when he went to the Red Bulls and stuff. He uh, is the, basically when the, the thinking of pressing, counter-pressing, but with a little bit of touch from Hoffenheim, like Nagelsmann, where you want to play also, play some football, that's Bradley Canal. So he is exactly that guy for that position. And uh, we know we had hundreds of people applying for that job. Big names, Champions League coaches, guys who won the European Championship, like really big guys from all over the world. But again, it's not about what you have been in the past. I want to have people around me which are young, hungry, motivated. That's how we sign players. We signed one player over 30, which was Burki as a goalkeeper, Mm -hmm. which is still young as a goalkeeper. The rest are all on the younger end. And that being hungry and trying to make the next step and not saying, well, I have already achieved everything. This is like the end of my career. That's not how how I believe we want to show ourselves to the public and what we want to stand for. And the coach plays a major role in that. So I wanted to have a a nice and nippy coach, you know, who is out there to put in the extra mile and just work hard and play hard. And that's Brady Canal. Okay, wow. and you mentioned uh, real quick. You mentioned Roman Berkey. He, uh, weird enough, one thing I've noticed when uh, well, I started watching Bundesliga and on Instagram, for whatever reason, Roman Berkey has a ton of fan accounts. I don't know. I'm sure everybody's aware of this. He has fan accounts because apparently he's very handsome. So mm. people just make goalkeepers are usually very <laughs> handsome. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, look, I got to be honest. I know how he feels. It's, a, it's honestly a burden for me. You too know, I mean, account. he has a lot of fan accounts. 
I, I made a lot of them. But. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but yeah. It's a lot it, of pictures of the posters you have on your wall. You, yes. Yeah. You brought in the right guy is all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're going to sell tickets because of the goalkeeper, okay? That's you know, what we're trying to say. Uh, usually, goalkeeper often, you know, neglected, forgotten, yeah. but no. This One is, of the things I like about you is you talk a lot about the community and building, you know, the idea of a of a football team being more of a club and club being a part of the, of the, of the society. One of the things that signifies St. Louis to me, and I got to try it when I uh, worked at the uh, helium out there at the comedy club one of the things i got to try which i think signifies st louis uh and i'd love to hear your thoughts on it is emo's pizza mm-hmm. have you heard of this there's of course a, there's a there's a cheese that was invented i think as punishment and all of st louis <laughs> has decided to eat this uh what it's called Prevel, uh and it was invented by someone who i think hated st louis to be honest with you what are your thoughts on emo's Pizza. <laughs> and Ale- before you answer, Alexis is a pizza expert and it's coming from a genuine place, although critical. <laughs> he he does have a lot of experience uh, when it comes to pizza. It's not as bad as it is. <laughs> okay. okay. You know what? <laughs> this man wants to sell things. <laughs> so, so, let me, so let me let me get into the details. So when I when I came break here, it down like you would yeah, a, a, a football yeah, match. Yeah, when I when I came, let me analyze that. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get the telestrator <laughs> yeah, with the lines? Yeah. So no, I just for arrows in the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I came here and I tried emos, it was you know it was like a a nice kind of cheesy biscuit looking like a pizza, uh-huh. but also tasted. Special, unique, but it's definitely not bad. And I, I do eat it once in a while. Okay. Toasted ravioli. You probably heard about Deep that as fried well. ravioli. Yes. Right. Yeah. We call it toasted ravioli. Yeah. Um, they, they also, uh, special, never had them before. They're also pretty good. But again, you know, it is, it is, it is culture. But if you said you like pizza, right? I love pizza. So let me tell you this one thing. If you come to St. Louis, you have to go to a place called Dewey's. Dewey's. That is one of the best pizzas I ever ate in my life. Okay. And I spent lots of time in my life, even in Italy, mm. where Dewey's, Dewey's is right up there. Yeah. I mean, Italy doesn't make that great a pizza anyway. You got to come to New York. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's a whole thing. But <laughs> That's where it comes from, guys. Yeah, yeah. Barely. I can honestly, I'll break down the history of pizza if you want. We can get real technical. Yeah, yeah. When, I like more of a gag impressing style pizza. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to, that is your, your, your resume in football is Alexis is the equivalent in <laughs> yes. pizza. Uh, so, these are two, you know. Titans ma- of industry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the chief pizza officer. <laughs> CPO. Yes. <laughs> okay. I like to be more of the. I mean, let me make a call into the ownership because that's something which, especially with emos, maybe yeah, we could need to have. something we out. Need to have. Yeah. We've maybe. taken we've taken uh, footballers on pizza tours and stuff like that. I explain the history of pizza. I explain what why it's baked that way. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's yeah, fun. Okay, you know, some, <laughs> yeah, just pitching some content. Yeah, all right, we're just out here. We out here trying to make the bag. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, I think we yeah. Look, look, I mean, we've been on for for a while. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been uh, super, super. That was cool. it already. That's it. We've been going That's half an fast. hour. Come on, man. That was <laughs> fast. Unless you want, if, if you have anything else uh, that you'd like to talk about, we'd be happy to discuss. Actually, ask I mean, me some proper questions. I mean, we spoke about pizza now and stuff. No, like yeah, that. That was, first of all, that's what that's what I came here for. I don't know. I don't that's, know why <laughs> you agreed to do this. Yeah. <laughs> we said we were comedians. Don't you dare expect anything. Actually, you know what? Let's talk about this. Uh, I'm an Arsenal fan. He's an Everton fan. Yeah. Um, have you kept up with 
Arsenal over the past few years? Yeah, I watch nearly every Premier League game. I'm sorry that you're an Everton fan, my friend. Uh, but I mean, I'm, everyone t- I the English tell me that, the Germans tell me that. But to be that. fair, to be fair, I actually have a soft spot for Pickford. Okay. It's like I said, goalkeepers are good looking. It's not always the case. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but he's definitely he's, he's definitely a good goalkeeper. Oh, he's yeah. amazing, I, I, really. I like him, and uh, yeah, I mean. You know, Arsenal. I think I think that it's had a good transfer period. Great. It it really it really could work. Um, yeah, I mean, that's two of the teams which have such a big tradition. So they just I was I got a bit worried for Everton if they really would have got relegated. I mean, even it would have been they bad. wouldn't even hurt me because yeah. I think they just belong there. Um, and Arsenal, I think now they they just have to have a good start and, and, and get things in order again because they have to play international football. But There's no doubt about it. Right. What I want to ask you is Arteta made a big point and he really put his neck on the line. He risked a lot by saying, I want to get everyone out of even the front office and the club, the first team everywhere that doesn't really care about this badge. And he put himself on the line getting rid of what, as they all call yeah. like dead weight. It took a while. It took, yeah, you had to finish that before you could start the process of bringing in new players. You watching that as someone who's building a team from the ground up, do you see that and say you can really respect that you appreciate that how would you have handled that had you been given the situation he came in after Unai Emery no I think he what he did was the right thing because you called it dead weight you know it's it's if you're having a big squad and I would call it basically the skeletons in the closet where the old coach brought it in you know there is too many players players coming back from loan suddenly you have a squad of 30 guys and you only need 17 mm-hmm. then you have 13 guys who are not happy 13 guys you are not happy about what do you do with that and that is you need to make the clean cut I call it a transition year sometimes that's the year when you have a bad season when the fans are angry uh, communicate it the right way but you say you do it for a reason and on the long term the club the club uh, benefits from it you know I'm good friends with uh, Per Metasaka oh, I love her, which uh, is doing the youth academy there yeah. so we are still in touch um, um, I had Reese Nelson you probably will still know him I know yeah. I had him I had him uh, in I took him to Hoffenheim Eddie Enketia nearly came to Dusseldorf so you would have been very happy but I missed out and he went to Leeds one of my the worst days of my life to be honest but okay and uh, no I think I think uh, yeah he took a bit of a risk but I think on the long term it will pay off Okay, you know, now that you mentioned uh, some of those players, I, I remember reading uh, Arsene Wenger's book, and and he told uh, a story. He he sold a couple stories about players that he missed out on, who regret. Everybody always asks this to a lot of either coaches uh, uh, or uh, football directors. Arsene Wenger had a couple. He barely just so, about. So I mean, so we I, and this for whatever reason, I don't know if it's everybody feels this way, but this is something I absolutely love hearing of of like the what ifs. What if this player went ended up at this club? And usually the people involved with making those decisions all. Also have those same questions so I'll ask you what, what what were some of those players that got away that you really wanted to be fair in my time in Hoffenheim we, because we had a different kind of way of operating mm-hmm. we didn't go for any big names we went for the Feminos or for the Joe Lintons where yeah. get them cheap and sell them much more expensive Kevin Folland is another guy wow. um, yeah, yeah. you have Amiri Bay. you know for example there I have to say in, in, in Hoffenheim we did have good financial background, but we went another way. So we never really missed out on on, on, on on anything because the only one which I would say which was a bit of a of a shambles was Holland because he was offered in Germany and most of the German clubs, but then we all knew him and everybody wanted him. Yeah. But he was just at this moment too young and too expensive from Molde and then he ended up in Salzburg. Yeah. They went for it. It paid off. So 
that is the only one where I would say, should we have should we have invested that extra money? Yes, when it comes to the football. No, when it comes to the structure, because you don't want to blow up your youth system with right. one player. Right. So right. overall, it's better to stay to that what what you stand for. Mm-hmm. In Düsseldorf, I never missed out on anything because I had no money. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So okay, there you go. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I was just like, uh, who else could I loan, please? Yeah, yeah. So, so we ended up with like 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 lots of loan players, which which you know the chances there that you basically. Uh, that it's just a question of time. You survive year one, you survive year two, maybe you survive year three. If you're not able to spend a similar amount than position 15 and 16, sooner or later, you will get relegated. Mm. It's just, it's just the, what is it called? The law. Yeah. What is it called? The law. No, no, no. Murphy's law. Murphy's, Murphy's law. law. Come on, you know that. You know I was pizza, thinking so. law of diminishing yeah. returns. No, yeah, Murphy, Murphy's law. Alexis doesn't really abide by any laws. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. the so, chief stupidity officer. <laughs> apparently. Uh. So, so, so that should that should that should normally normally do that. So, and now here, I really like touch wood. Every player so far we wanted, we got. Okay, that's great. And again. I think we're going for realistic targets. Now, I could jump about and say, well, I want a player for 27 million from Argentina. No, I don't I don't think that is the, the, the lake we're going to fish in. Mm-hmm. You know, we have an idea what we want, what positions we want, what kind of characters we want. And we got that, guys. And thanks God that, uh, you know, like now the, the European market uh, and the American market, it got a bit closer together. So lots of the MLS clubs, they more tending to go to Latin America. Yeah, I decided I go to Europe because I knew we can afford European players from the Bundesliga because they still feel COVID. Right. And the guys we wanted, we got. You know, and we got, for example, Joachim Nielsen, a Swedish international, which had six, seven offers from the Bundesliga. But we got him. Birki had offers from the Premier League and from Spain, and we got him because he believed right. in St. Right. Louis. He believed in the project, and. Well, I, I knew these guys from the Bundesliga. It makes me easier to explain everything. Of course, right, you know? of course. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, but yeah, Haaland would be the one. All right. And the one which is... But luckily, it wasn't me. <laughs> uh, but Lewandowski was also offered to all wow. Bundesliga clubs. And nobody took him. Wow. And then he ended up in Dortmund. And the rest is history. That had nothing to do with his level. It's just nobody, nobody really knew by then. You know, nobody. Yeah, knew yeah. He was like, yeah, he was, he was, he was not really uh, that well known. But after all, I mean, he was the guy. Yeah, Here's, yeah. Uh, well, I was just gonna say, and now he's in a club that may not be able to register register him as a player. Sorry, he so. may be being offered to a Bundesliga <laughs> club yet again. Uh, hey, St. <laughs> Louis, he's on a free. <laughs> if they can't register yeah. him, he's free on Saturday. Do you know that? Yeah, I, I read that today as well. <laughs> yeah. Which is which is crazy, you know. I mean, um, yeah. But Lewandowski, the Lewandowski story. I had this talk, a long talk on ESPN on the weekend because I believe, and I'm, I'm one of the few guys actually who is brave enough to say it. To have Lewandowski is brilliant, but the way things went in Munich, with one year left on the contract and getting Mane in, then I tell you what will happen. Give us a call next year and see if I was right or not. I believe very strongly that Bayern Munich will score nearly as many goals as last year, but they will have five to six scorers with high numbers. Sané, Gnabry, Mané, Müller, Coman. 
instead of having one guy with 50 goals. Right. That's I'm, my opinion. As an Arsenal fan, I really miss Serge Gnabry. But here's what I want to ask you. Uh, Bayern Munich winning the championship so many years in a row, and it's looking like it's going to happen for the 11th time in a row. Is that good for the Bundesliga? Of course not. Um, you know, I they asked me what is my wish for this season, and I say I would like that the Easter Bunny is not there yet when Bayern Munich wins the championship. <laughs> which is somewhere in April, which is like six weeks before it stops. So no Easter Bunny, please. So I would like that it stays exciting till at least two, three match days before the end. If they win it again because they're the best team, fair enough, but try to to stay really on their back. And I think Leverkusen has so much potential. Dortmund has a lot of potential. Leipzig has a lot of potential. So there is these three clubs who really can go after them. And so far, whenever Bayern Munich had a weak period the other guys had a weak period as well so Mm. it was like jinxed and maybe that changes this year having said that winning in Frankfurt 6-1 yeah, yeah. you know, maybe it's a visual yeah, yeah. thinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Might as well get the Easter Bunny out now if you want yeah, that thing. Yeah. I mean, the, even the first goal uh, was it Kimmich just uh, through the smoke yeah. and getting yeah. scoring the goal. I mean, they look uh, incredibly sharp already. I actually got one quick last question: uh, Would you put Zach Steffen as the starter for the U.S. Men's National Team? Well, you know, he was just mean. All right, that's uh, I really like Zach. Uh, I think he has a, a lot um, to to give. I mean, he's very modern. He's Good with his feet. I think he fits very well into in, into Greg's build style. Um, and the answer is yes. And the reason is Turner will not be number one. No. Stefan went to Middlesbrough. Mm-hmm. Had a great start. I think the last games were not that good. But if he plays till the winter, he plays his 17, 18 games in the championship then I believe he will start. Right. And I think also he will have the confidence to start because now Matt Matt will be on the bench. He will hardly play any games, maybe a few in the cup, and then throwing him into the World Cup has maybe a certain risk. But each way, Turner, really good goalkeeper. Stefan, a really good goalkeeper. I don't think you can go wrong with any of them. Knowing knowing Zach on a personal level and even saying that he's, he's my friend, I, I really wish him all the best and that he, he plays the World Cup and as well. Okay. Nice. Uh, all right. L- last one. Last oh, wow. question. Okay. One more. Okay. Uh, each, each of you, one more. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really like interviewing. No, okay, no, then, no, then, and then I ask you some questions. Okay, please. Feel free. I'm going to keep your PR person here all day. <laughs> <laughs> the um, we have we spoken to several um, uh, general managers in MLS, and the, your introduction to the the financial structure of MLS and mm. building a team and Gam and Tam and designated player and all Thank that you, stuff. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> what was when you? Uh, I'm, I'm sure you were somewhat familiar with it, but when you actually saw the book in front of you of all the rules uh was it was it overwhelming was it jarring do you have someone to uh, specifically tell you everything uh how everything works how did you uh you know ingest all of that everything what you just mentioned it is um, it is a lot to um, to read and a lot to work with it it looks more complicated than it is but you do need good, good people next to you so our 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 financial guy you know it, it supports me there a lot uh, we also have an administrative guy uh, hello peter hello matt yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which are just really having my back there which which looking into all and that we are we basically updated every day 
what we have to do and, and, and how much we have left and where we should spend and what exactly are the rules, how much game we have to put here. And so it is interesting. It's, a, it's much more complicated than it is in Germany. Because in Germany, I just get it if I want it. Yeah. And if I don't have enough money, I can't get it. Yeah. <laughs> like like here, here you can find ways with trades and game. So it is... I'm familiar with, you know, I always liked American sports. I'm a big uh, hockey fan and, 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 and things like that. So I always, similar kind of rulings, also with trades and with opportunities, yeah. I would call it. So, yeah, I like it. It's, it's, it's challenging. It's, it's also it makes me to, to look a little bit uh, onto the game, especially on the, on the business side uh, from another angle. So, yeah, I, I, I like it. Sometimes, sometimes of course, I'm, I'm swearing a little bit, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, but overall, it's good. And, and I'll just add to that the, uh, the comparison of, you know, I, I've heard about owners in Bundesliga kind of be frustrated with the 50 plus one rule because they, they would like more autonomy and more be able to control the roster a little bit more the comparison of the 50 plus one rule and those restrictions versus mls and it's single you know, entity you know single entity and it's and it's restrictions and challenges is there I, I, i'm not gonna ask like would you prefer one over the other but what are the biggest maybe uh, uh differences or, or you know or nuances between the two uh, you said it very nicely a little bit wrong but very nicely uh, in germany the 50 plus one it's completely the opposite because I give you an example. Hoffenheim is the only club where an owner like Dietmar Hopp is an owner because he took that team in the seventh or eighth or ninth division. So it's his hometown team. They gave him the opportunity. Then you have teams who are who are owed by big companies, Volkswagen with Wolfsburg, um, yeah, Bayer with Bayer Leverkusen, obviously RB Leipzig with Red Bull. So you have that company teams, which are again the normal football club like Düsseldorf, they just don't like these clubs because they are different. They're not following the traditions. Traditions are great to have, but you need to grow. I always put it in an example. In a, a fan talk back in Düsseldorf, I said, 100 years ago, you were riding on horses. Now you're driving a car. So the world keeps on developing. Right. So must be the professional sports. You can't say anymore. 1984, we were in the Champions League or Euro Cup, Winners Cup, whatever, final in Barcelona. Right. Mm -hmm. You cannot say that anymore. That right. doesn't, the, the past doesn't help you. You need to evolve and you need to grow with the way the world of sports develops. And for me now, had, having that pleasure in Hoffenheim with Dietmar Hopp was a great experience. Having the opposite in Dusseldorf, where you need to go to the board of advisors, advisory board, nine people who they are all over the place and you can't get hold of them to buy a player. And in the end, once you do have all nine, the player is gone, slows you down the process. Right. And I'm not talking about selling your soul to investors. I'm talking right. about keep the club financially solvent. Yeah, that yeah. You, are, you can react quick. Now being here. Having a really good relationship with the owners, being basically two offices down. So if something is is hot, something needs to be done immediately, I can tuk, 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 knock on the door and we get it solved. So this makes my life so much easier. So to keep the answer short, much better to do it that way. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so last question is, or last thing is, you said you were going to have questions for us. What would you like to ask yeah, us? Yeah, I, I want to do, can you do a little bit of a stand-up comedian? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you buy a ticket. Buy. Uh, <laughs> okay. Two yeah. drink minimum. No, what, I, want, I want to know, what are you talking about? 
I mostly talk about, uh, I talk now recently, I've been talking a lot about being married to a nurse who uh, had to, you know, in New York City during COVID and so stuff. So you married to a nurse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, I just got married. Uh, about to a six, nurse? To, no, no. To, eight, I, got, I just got married eight weeks ago to a nutritionist. Uh, okay. So I've been talking about that. I've been married bit. for 15 years. To so, so you just keep on talking about your wife. No, it's not all, but that's not you, all. You just I think ask. A, lot, a lot of it is to show you how stupid I am through the eyes of my wife. Because <laughs> she's a gem. Right, right, right. You know? <laughs> and I'm more of the uh, the really cheap ring holding up that gem. We, we talk about <laughs> our lives and, and uh, you know, whether it's career work or, or, or in soccer and, and travel. You do, you're doing that full time. Yeah. yeah so you full time stand up comedians. Yes. And, yes. and we have a show about soccer. Yeah, that yeah. is our. I mean, I know that. Yeah. I hope you have a soccer show. Guys. One of those two things right now. Can you guess which one? We're, we've spoken about soccer, and I think we've made you laugh a couple of times. So I feel yeah. like we're, we're yeah. doing it. We're doing our job. The, as I mentioned, I did the helium in St. Louis. It was the first time I've been to St. Louis. Right. It was a lot of fun. So you come, come to a show. I mean, yeah, actually, it, yeah, well, my, my, you know, my daughter. She studies in New York City. Okay, oh, very cool. Yeah, she's like in uh, NYU. Uh, no, she's in the um, uh, New York Film Academy. Okay. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. So yeah. right in town. So next time I'm there, I'll visit her. I will Shoot us a message. So if you, if you, in case you don't have a show, then you have to do a private one for me. I will have a show. <laughs> well, I, there'll yeah, be yeah. plenty. But yeah. you know I'm what? I'm going to tell my wife, sorry I can't go to one dinner. I got to go to this guy's I, hotel room and I, do a show. I can ask you this. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I promise it's not weird. Yes, he's German. How'd you know? <laughs> but one thing about German, Germans, uh, it, it, it is a, uh, whether, I don't know if it's a fallacy or not, but the Germans, it, it, people say Germans don't like to laugh. They're not particularly no, we they are funny. Which, hey, listen, listen we, are, we are pretty miserable, to yeah. be fair. Okay. You don't um, understand sarcasm. You just don't as a culture. But look, it's like that i can explain it about germany as more southern you get as kinder and funnier maybe a little bit crumpy you can get yeah. so i'm from the deep deep south ah, so okay. i'm in general a very funny guy okay but if you're going to the north people are more stick to themselves when they want to have a laugh they hide in the basement for an hour <laughs> So, so, and then yeah, so yeah. no one knows they laugh. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't show yeah. weakness yeah. Uh, amongst yeah. others. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it also has to do a little bit with language. So the, the German language sounds to your ears extremely hard. Yeah. Yes. So for example, if you say, I give you one nice example. If you talk about a little bug who flies and you say butterfly, uh-huh. it's a nice butterfly. It yeah. sounds nice. Sounds beautiful. In German, it's called Schmetterling. Yeah, no, and that sounds no. that sounds like a, that it sounds, sounds like, like a, grandpa died. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, he caught a worse. Shadow. It and, sounds uh, worse. So, so doctor so, couldn't so, say. So it. the language, even when we're talking nice and soft to each other, right. it sounds to you like it's it's it's, it's fighting. Yeah, it's very harsh. It's yeah, very harsh so language. it's you know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay, well right. put, well put. Um, like even we call him a ham hock. You just say it's a pork knuckle. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> such a, yo, chill, dude. I don't need to know. Why is why so literal? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, y'all gotta relax. Germany. Uh, Lutz Fan and Steel. Thank you so much. He can say my name and you yeah, call yeah, him. Yeah. He, no, he does the names. <laughs> I'm the names guy. <laughs> I'm the beauty of the show, Lutz. <laughs> uh, this has been an absolute honor. Look, um, obviously, 2023 St. Louis, uh, uh, hopefully we can uh, go out to a game. Or maybe if St. Louis plays uh, NYCFC in uh, in Yankee Stadium. I know you're going to be excited to play uh, in a baseball stadium. In a baseball stadium. Sta- okay. Your dream as a young boy. You <laughs> forgot I'm coming into New York and you have to do the stand-up. We're doing stand-up. Yes, 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 of course, yes, of course. Yes, yes, we will make you laugh. Right. I promise. <laughs> You're more than and you more. know, we'll take you to pizza that doesn't have poisonous cheese. I bring you. 
I'll bring you some emo. <laughs> Please don't. I, I guarantee you they won't let you in the airport. <laughs> like, no, that's got to go in the band, dude. Uh, TSA's like, get it out of there. But best of luck, uh, you know, uh, building this uh, squad, uh, building this club. Uh, it, 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 uh, honestly, it's an honor to get to talk to you uh, again, uh, you know, seeing you in Germany and then, and then seeing you here. You, I know you're going to do a, a great job with the club, man. Thanks so much. All right. Send us a kit. <laughs> we don't have them yet. Yeah, I know. When you do. <laughs> Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. 